And now, Dan Happel's Connecting the Dots. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life. And I had to start again with just my children and my wife. I thank my lucky stars to be living here today. Where the flag still stands for freedom and they can't take that away. The men who died, who gave that right to me, and I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. God bless the USA. Well, good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Connecting the Dots with Dan Happel. Uh, Thumper. We're going to have a great program today. I don't know if you met the re- uh, the two red pills yet, but uh, these uh, these young ladies have been absolute standouts in the Utah area and really all over the country now because they have uh, they're they're at the heart of an expose on a lot of the election fraud that happened in 2020 and then again this year. And uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of that. And the name of our program today is Populism, the Number One Enemy of Globalism. And that's really what we're doing now. We're fighting a war for the very heart and soul of America. And uh, populists, people that believe in individual liberty, believe in our Constitution, are now labeled by the globalists and the lamestream media as a bunch of right-wing extremists when in fact all we want is honest elections and an open discussion and they refuse to have that discussion they continue to hide and obfuscate everything and then uh, threaten anyone who is uh, questioning the integrity of the elections as a denier uh, our guests today, Jen Orton and Sophie Anderson, are the two red pills, and uh, they, they're from the state of Utah. And uh, Jen, I see you're on. I don't see uh, Sophie on yet, but uh, maybe she's on with us as well. Uh, welcome to the program. Maybe give people a little bit of an idea of some of the projects you've been working on. Hi, Dan. Good to see you Hi. again. Yeah, Jen, good to see you. Um, yeah, Sophie is going to be joining by the phone. She has the flu this morning, but, um, but we, yeah, we are activists in Utah moms and just concerned citizens who literally, we don't, you know, we don't do this for a living. This is not anything we ever necessarily saw ourselves doing um, until the the crisis of the, the 2020 election hit. And we realized that all these things that we had suspected would come one day, that one day was here. 
you know, all these things I've studied since the 1980s, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is the day that I did not want to happen when we really, our constitution is hanging by a thread and our country is teetering on the brink of, you know, disaster. And so we decided we had to get involved. We didn't know each other before. We met ourselves in the movement and didn't know what to do, honestly. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm an author of, of Christian books. I'm a scriptorian. And so this really wasn't even my, I mean, I was aware of these things, but to be, you know, out there at the Capitol and doing things like that wasn't really my daily routine at all, even though I supported, you know, certain certain actions when they were required. And so we realized that um, there were groups doing things and we appreciated that, but we realized it would take a lot of us. You know, it wasn't one person can't solve this whole thing. And there were holes that we thought needed to be addressed. I and mean, again, it's too, it's too big for one person. It's too big for one group. Every person really needs to stand up and do their part. And so we realized that um, the elections were kind of where it was at at the moment. Um, and and still, I think to this day, that's where they're at. You control the elections, you control the world, right? And we tried to figure out, you know, what to do. We did everything we could. We did public records requests. Those would repeatedly get denied. Um, the, the few that were able to get through were absolutely astonishing at realizing how deep and calculated the corruption and the collusion was. So we got more invested. The, the more we learned, the more we were like, oh my gosh, we are not losing our state to this, you know, especially not our nation. And I figured out one day after reading the laws that if we requested public records and those records were denied us and we kept it in court or at least in the appeal process, that they could never be destroyed. And that's kind of what was our, our, I think, our big weapon at the point. It was that moment I realized, oh, my gosh, I... I have an opportunity here, maybe to not get the data, but to at least preserve the 2020 data to find out what went wrong, what really happened. And that's what happened. We filed a lawsuit for, you know, all 29 counties in the state of Utah um, for cast vote records, for um, tabulator tapes. Um, all sorts of different types, you know, project backup database. That one really threw them over the edge because I wasn't asking for the, the project database. I was asking for a copy of the backup copy, which by law they have to keep. And that's the one that got me a lot of harassment and um, I guess for lack of a better term, threats, you know, the men on the doorstep, my neighbors questioned, you know, all, all sorts of crazy things like that. Um, and that's when we knew we were really over target when the lieutenant governor's private text messages are um, talking about how we've got to stop this. You know, who is this person? We can't let her have it. You know, we, we knew then that there was something legitimate to what we were seeking. And so we are still in the appeals process with that data, we've preserved everything for the entire state. And we were fortunate enough um, to make friends with Jeff O'Donnell, who will be joining in shortly. Hey, yes, I'm here. <laughs> Jeff, we were cool. just talking about you and all the problems we caused with cast vote records across the nation. Yes. <laughs> well, Jeff, thank you for joining us. Uh, Jen was just talking to us about, um, you know, the, the things that she uncovered in Utah. But, you know, really what it gets down to um, this is going to continue to be a nationwide problem until we get back to paper ballots, 
direct voting counted at the precinct level and verified at the precinct level and uh, done the way it was done 30 years ago before the computers became part of the program. And, and people say, well, we can't do that. Nonsense. There's more than enough volunteers to make sure that that process is followed and followed honestly and fairly. People in this country are sick and tired of the questions about the election, and they never get addressed. They always get pushed under the rug. They never get addressed. And the 2022 election ended up much the way we thought it would because the problems were never resolved. Uh, Jeff, I, I'm, I welcome you to the program. Give uh, people a little of your background, if you would, please. Sure. Thank you. Uh, thank you all uh, for having me on here. Uh, I'm, I'm a, a computer geek with about 40 years experience, software, hardware, databases, uh, put them together, taking them apart. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I've uh, uh, really got into the election integrity thing uh, after the Mike Lindell Symposium when the, uh, when the Mesa County, Colorado image uh, became available. The one, that, excuse me, one that uh, that Tina Peters so bravely uh, saved. Uh, up until then, I was just sitting back complaining like everybody else. Uh, and then uh, after that, uh, I, I found the evidence of manipulation there. And then it's suddenly, once you see it, you can't unsee it. And uh, basically, I feel I was called to do as much as I could as far as trying to unravel this big mess we find ourselves in uh, with, with various amounts of success from time to time. Well, it's going to be important. And uh, I, the fact that uh, Jen and Sophie were speakers at our last Red Pill in Salt Lake, and uh, I found out what a, a dynamic duo these gals are that they just continue to, to uh, push and press this stuff. And, and Jen, that's why they hate you so bad, because you're, uh, you're so, uh, so insistent on <laughs> answers and accuracy. And frankly, that's what we're trying to bring to the people today. The fact that it isn't a matter of us being a bunch of right-wing nuts trying to ruin the elections. We're a bunch of honest-to-God American patriots who want to save the election system. What we've got right now is anything but a fair and open election. And as Joseph Stalin said, I care not who votes. I care only who counts the vote. And that's exactly uh, what we've got right now. We have the wrong people running the elections, and we do need to get back to a, a sound election system. Anyway, please uh, go ahead and cont continue with your story, Jen, because uh, you guys have worked so hard on this. Yeah. And, you know, Jeff, Jeff O'Donnell, he goes by the Lone Raccoon. Um, he's been amazing. That was probably one of the most pivotal points, I think, in our journey was connecting with him. He um, he actually when I was doing the cast vote record appeal in Utah, I believe we met and Jeff, correct me if I'm wrong, but when somebody sent him, I think the Professor Clements or somebody had sent him a copy of my appeal to get his eyes on it. Again, he's a technical genius with the software and stuff like that. And he wrote back and said, this is absolutely amazing. And we developed this friendship and flew him out here last 
February, so over a year ago, and to present before a county commission in Utah County to demand a an audit of these elections. And I'm Jeff, you, you can attest to this. It was quite a dramatic event. Um, he, blew them, he blew them away with his data. People hadn't seen it before. Here's this man from the outside, you know, calm, professional, polished, unbiased, who came in and said, well, I'm just looking at what the public data is and y'all have some big problems. And uh, Jeff, you tell them about Amelia. She came unglued. It was it was a video you guys have to see on our website if you, if you haven't seen it yet. It was uh, it was really my first moment like that that had ever happened in this uh, particular arena uh, of, of election integrity. And yes, she did go unglued, and it was very surprising to me because I was just putting out data and asking questions. That's what you're supposed to do with these things, right? <laughs> and uh, and uh, she she took it super personally, even though I had not brought her name into the discussion at all. And whatever uh, when you have when you have people getting uh, when when they start start uh, reacting uh, when you're not accusing them, then you know you're onto something. <laughs> <laughs> the the wicked uh, flee uh, where none pursueth. I think is the uh, way someone much wiser wrote that once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah, was. Jeff, it was um... Um, no, I'm sorry, Jen. Uh, go ahead. I, I, but I was just going to say, uh, people who make honest mistakes when somebody points out that there's a mistake, the ones that make honest mistakes might be a little embarrassed, but uh, they are more than receptive because most honest people want their mistakes corrected. Yeah, and I think her response to Jeff's data um, was, I I had a blood clot in my arm 10 days postpartum, and I still showed up for work, and we're all just kind of scratching our heads saying that's that's, that's irrelevant. I mean, we're we're speaking numbers and facts here, not appealing to emotion. No one's questioning if you showed up for work. We're questioning why the numbers don't match. And I think one of the biggest things that came from that on a national scale because the video went viral. Um, Jeff had created a response to her attacks back to him. And I put a video together that kind of took a three hour meeting down to you know, 15 minutes for people and a little, little bit of comedy there. But um, it was really the first time, at least for us, that we saw data from the outside that we didn't even know you could slice and dice. In other words, Jeff's, oh my gosh, he's so talented at looking at every angle and you know originally people just look at it going trump won or you know trump didn't win or you know what's the total versus the not but jeff just dissected this thing at a level that said why is utah the only red state whose governor got more votes than trump Mm -hmm. did i mean things like that when you look at it from that angle and you know, I can't remember all the, the data points that Jeff had pulled. It's again, it's a fascinating video. It shows the brilliance of him. But he came in there so factually. And what it did is it sent shockwaves because when he combined with us, we were already uncovering a lot of emails and public record and communications. Um, we were already, you know, 
kind of getting the, well, very much getting the attention of our lieutenant governor and governor's office is, I don't know, we might have been public enemy number one, if not the top 10, I'm, I'm guessing at the moment. I think we went up and rank after Jeff was here. But when we teamed up, the people realized there was a crisis. They really said, oh my gosh, it's not just these two moms who are looking through emails. We've got this guy who is legitimate looking from the outside using the state's own data and what we are seeing cannot be explained he probably had 25 or 30 slides i'm guessing all of which put your jaw on the floor and that's the moment utah really hit crisis mode and it's been a wild ride ever since but jeff has done this for every state across the nation for free i mean he's an absolute hero for what he has sacrificed to bring truth forward well, thank you, uh, thank you, thank you yeah, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your work uh, nationwide, because obviously this isn't uh, this isn't uh, uh, the only rodeo you've been to. Uh, what what uh, other uh, states have you been uh, working with, and what's your you know your full determination of uh, the election in twenty twenty? Uh, well, when I got into this, like I said I got dragged into it in the in the Colorado situation, uh, and but quickly, people started sending me data from other places, and I'm like, okay, I'll take a look at it. And so I, uh, I'm not. There's, there's a newsflash, right? I am actually not the most organized person that was ever put on this planet. So I. Uh, uh, I had to, to figure out how to take all this data that was coming from all these places. Cause just look, you think people are going to be desperate now back in late 2021. Uh, it was a different kind of desperation because I mean, they, they had the same, we had the same feelings that we have now, but back then there was, there, there was like the appearance that nothing at all was, was happening. Nothing was being found out. You know, uh, it's it's frustrating to know something, but not be able to prove it. Uh, I think any any uh, policeman, DA uh, across the country uh, would would probably echo those sentiments. But, uh, so, so yeah, I've I've been involved in in Wisconsin, or at least uh, early on. I apologize for the dog. Um, <laughs> uh, early on, uh, and and still. Uh, have a, a good relationship with those people. I mean, a, a lot of these states, like 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 Utah and Florida, and so, uh, you know, once I had my kind of initial go with them, uh, they 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 picked up the ball and ran with it so effectively uh, that it's kind of like now I'm checking up on them. It's like you guys need anything? <laughs> like no, no, we're fine now. Uh, so that's, that's kind of what I'm doing, doing also. Um, I mean, in, in, in uh, Wisconsin, you know, the voter rolls are terrible. In New York State, the voter rolls are terrible. Everywhere the voter rolls are terrible. But that's, you know, I've been helping out some counties in Pennsylvania. And uh, they've got – every state has, you know, a slightly different turn on this uh, because they used what they had available – in you know in in every state in, in some states the voter rolls were especially weak in some states 
uh, the mail-in, you know, they had this, you know, they had a more universal mail-in ballots to, to use and things like that. So, but, but uh, to kind of summarize the whole thing, um, I've, I've yet to see uh, anywhere that there's not evidence uh, that they were involved in this, this overall RICO case that is 2020 election. Um, the, the castle records we've gotten in, we've gotten a thousand or so counties that have sent us castle records of various qualities, uh, but we've gotten enough now that I've been able to find the patterns and the similarities. Would it, would it, you know, I wish we had them for Utah, <laughs> badly. I don't think that's ever going to happen. They are fighting us tooth and nail. I, I, I agree, but, but what's really, would, would, does it make any sense to you that when you look at a castle record from, let's say, Union County, New Jersey, and you look at a cast vote record from a rural county in Colorado and LA County, California, and they all show the same uh, mathematically impossible pattern of voting. Uh, so that is really, uh, I think, I'm blessed with the ability to be able to look from a national scale because I've been able to see that this is not a particular state problem. This is something that was coordinated uh, across the states. They use the same methods, and those methods uh, they have uh, they they have consequences on on the data. When 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 you look at the data, there's fingerprints. Are the best way I can put it. Uh, mm -hmm. Having them having them the, the the biggest thing though is having that Mesa County, Colorado, Dominion server to be able to do a complete and utterly down to the bone dissection uh of the of the drive because what they what they did there in manipulating the ballots and and the votes uh that's what caused the fingerprint so we would look at the cast vote record from mesa county look at the data from mesa county see oh this looks like this because this manipulation happened well then when you have other cast vote records that also look that fit the what i call the mesa pattern there's only one thing that could have caused that, in my opinion, and that is the same type of, of manipulation. So long answer to a short question. Uh, I, I, I'm so happy that I've, I've gotten the opportunity to look at this from a, a national perspective. And it's not just that, too. The, uh, uh, we talk about voter rolls uh, a lot, and, and I had a lot to say about that for Utah as well. Uh, there... there Many of the voter rolls uh, are corrupted in the same way from state to state. Uh, it's really, I never expected this when I got into it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Almost daily, I think I'm still surprised uh, by how, how comprehensive this attack on us was. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I'm, I'm going to intercede with a, a comment here. Uh, one of my good friends is Mary Fanning, and uh, Mary Fanning and Alan Jones, and I'm, I'm going to try to get you connected with them, both of you. Uh, but uh, Mary Fanning uh, came to know a gentleman by the name of Dennis Montgomery, and he wrote the software that created the program, the CIA program, called Hammer and Scorecard, both of those programs. And in fact, 
he tried to expose the fact that the Obama administration has had used Hammer and Scorecard and had inserted them in the elections in the American election system. And uh, Dennis Montgomery turned over 17 hard drives of all the software that they had created uh, with the uh, CIA's blessing uh, to a federal judge. And as of today, they, they don't know where, that, where that, uh, those hard drives went. Um, anyway, there's quite a trail here. And uh, so it's a matter of exposing this stuff and frankly, it's going to take an awful lot of guts on everybody's part to do it because they have a machine and it is an international machine uh, lined up to attack us. And that's just the facts, uh, Jeff. Go ahead, please. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm now friends with Dennis. Uh, uh, I actually have uh, validated his findings uh, as, as far as... Uh, the things that uh, uh, have been said and come out publicly, uh, we work together almost every day. So I don't think you knew oh, that. Uh, yeah, that was that was another um, uh, blessing, I guess I will say, <laughs> that, that came out of that. I get to I get I get to to be involved in in, in that uh, very controversial uh, effort, uh, and and. Your everything you just said is in, in, entirely correct. Uh, Dennis developed a system for them to go and spy on the bad guys, and of course, not realizing that the people he gave it to were the bad guys, and they turned around and used it on us. And uh, that that can't go unpunished, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. It won't be. It won't go. Well, there's a lot of good Americans out there that really, truly believe in this country and want to see us return to the Constitutional Republic. But we've got a whole, uh, a whole part of our system is filled with globalists, uh, and and that's both political parties, and they really want to see the United States of America as a constitutional republic go away. They want us to be absorbed in this uh, global technocracy that's uh, based on Marxism, at least initially, until they get complete control. And then at that point, God knows what we're going to come up with. But anyway, uh, <laughs> go ahead. I, I didn't mean to dominate the conversation, but I am tickled to death to hear that uh, you've been working with Dennis Montgomery. Yeah, you, you can't control a free man. And so the only way that they can completely control us, I mean, this isn't a novel concept. You can look through uh, thousands of years of human history and see it repeated over and over again. What's happening to us now isn't, uh, isn't anything new. What's new is the fact that they have the ability to do it with, uh, with the technology uh, so much quicker. And uh, uh, I, I will say the one difference maybe between now and any other time well, I'll, I'll, I'll basically, you know, uh, the only other, the only, I mean, our media, frankly, is what makes this different for me. Uh, someone used the phrase last night, I forget who, uh, that it might have been Tucker Carlson, that, that our media is basically just press spokesman for, uh, 
for the uh, uh, the liberals, uh, mm -hmm. the deep state. Uh, they're not really media anymore. They are just a department of uh, propaganda. <laughs> propaganda. Thank you. That was the word I was searching for. Yeah, we we have a ministry of propaganda now. Uh, and any kind of press that tries to be independent and actually uh, do the job officially press is immediately branded as kooks and uh, uh, not to be taken seriously. Uh, and unfortunately, a lot of people believe them, uh, which we got to work on that. That's, I mean, of all the things that I do, uh, public you know, getting this information out to the public, it, it's frustrating because it's a slow process, but every day, some piece of information gets to somebody who who, uh, who needed to hear it, uh, who, who was like, yeah, you know, I've been noticing things have been bad, but I didn't know they were this bad. Uh, you know, I, I wish, because we don't have a, a functioning uh, national media, it's just having to be done uh, very slow. I, I liken it to the old, you know, to the, <laughs> the days of the Revolutionary War. Uh, when there was uh, something important going on, there was no way uh, to immediately get that information to everybody in the colonies. Uh, it had to go individual to individual to individual to maybe a small town newspaper that was uh, that they could get to. Uh, that took riders riding horses uh, around to get the information around. Well, I mean, 200 and whatever years later, we're back to that point trying to spread the truth. Uh, you know, riding through town with a lantern. Uh, I wish it weren't so, but it is so that we just make the best of it and be the best horse riders we can. Well, that's a good way to put it, Jeff. But um, <clears throat> I, I have to tell you that uh, we're having the same problem here. The uh, Patriot Soapbox Network, all these little independent podcasting networks that are trying to run news 24 7 365 we're being attacked and hacked like you can't imagine and we have to find alternatives all the time ways to get the word out because uh you know i i i know for a fact that we've been uh shut down so many times that we've got like 10 different trap doors built in now so that if they can't get us on one site they can get us on another and that you're absolutely right. This is this is like the Revolutionary War, and uh, you couldn't even get a local newspaper to do the stuff during the Revolution because the Tories would come and burn them down. So it actually was all handwritten notes that were being passed back and forth. Jeff, uh, yeah, oh. I'm, I'm back. Uh, absolutely, and uh, the the you know I I. Uh, I work a lot with uh, with Mike Lindell, and you're not alone. Uh, you know, he he faces those his his uh, uh, servers and channels are are under constant attack as well. So you're in good company uh, as far as that goes. Uh, but yeah, there, there's a lot of uh, be careful what I say because I I, I never that we have got to solve this without violence somehow. Absolutely. I, mean, I want to say that right out. That that said, uh, as far as the, the, the political and, and societal things, this is so much like the 1770s uh, of, of America. 
so sometimes the, the things just reach out. It's like, wow. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, we, we are, we are facing the same things and, and they took many, many years, uh, trying to find a, a, a peaceful, uh, solution and trying to, uh, you know, do this in, 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 in such a way that they would obtain their freedom, uh, without having to, to, to give, you know, in too many young people's lives for it, which is really what it comes down to uh, in a war. Uh, so, you know, we, we, we are at, at war, but I would say we're already in a civil war. Uh, that much is certain. But this is a kind of like the Cold War against the Soviets. This is a cold civil war. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everything, uh, most of the the the, the I guess monumental things are being done very quietly, very behind the scenes on both on both sides, uh, frankly. Uh, but what what the efforts of people like uh, uh, Jen and Sophie and and the, and the Jen and Sophies uh, uh, across the country are doing is they are forcing they're forcing the deep state out of cover. They're forcing them to stand up and be identified and go on the record. That's what's so great about, you know, these, these Castle records, for instance, that we've been trying to get, Castle record for anybody that doesn't know, is very simply, you think of it as a spreadsheet, like you'd have on your computer, where every line of the spreadsheet is represents one ballot that came in during the election. And they should be in order. So the first one will be the first one they process, the second one will be the second they process. And it just has the votes on them and what precinct that came and a little other information. Uh, and that enables you to, to replay an election from start to, to, to end or end to start, which is actually sometimes interesting, uh, and, and, and see what really happened. Well, the, the, the states and counties that do not uh, permit this, this harmless, harmless, at least <laughs> harmless to everybody else, not to them, harmless document to be to be released as a public record again we've got them on record now as as opposing uh the public release of information that would allow us to determine you know you say you got the gold standard of elections right is that right john is that the one one of 14 states that has the gold standard of elections? we have the gold standard elections yeah. but we believe yeah. that is the big lie Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, of course it is. And uh, so it's like, great, then uh, open the books and, and and let us see that. And it's 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 funny when Utah, which is another there, there are so many lies. Uh, you know, Utah is supposed to be so uh, the, the government of Utah, so Republican, so you know, conservative. Uh, they won't let the, the information get out, but we've got like 20 counties in California that had no problem releasing this information to us. Uh, 15, 20 counties in Illinois that had no trouble releasing this information. So that is one of the things you can look at and say, this is not a blue state, red state thing. This is a corrupt versus uh, less corrupt <laughs> situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jeff, if, if I can interject for a second, and part of our problem here in Utah is that our governor runs on the same ticket as the lieutenant governor. We do not have a secretary of state here. 
They run together on the same ticket, and the lieutenant governor is over elections. In other words, our governor, who was the lieutenant governor before, ran his own election. And it is no surprise, I guess, I mean, that for like the first Katie Hobbs. Utah, yeah, and Katie for Hobbs. the first time in Utah history, we are not able to get this data anymore. We have court cases and proof that citizens previously were able to see into the elections. But, you know, right when 2020 hits and a governor runs his own elections, everything is sealed. Everything is against, you know, is not available to the public. And we have the lieutenant governor who I call it hijacked. The technical term is intervened in our lawsuit to say, I'm sorry, even though the counties own this data and we have been writing from her saying that the counties have full control of this data. She says there is no way that we will release any of this information to any citizen, period. And she's taking control of that with the attorney general. And back to Jeff's point. Um, this isn't a red state. This isn't even a free state. This is a governor who is running his own elections, who has to cover up the tracks. And they are very upset that we're not stopping this. And um, it's, a, it's a problem in our country, it's especially when the governor runs his own election. Like, how is that OK? We're the only mainland state that has this kind of a setup. Well, uh, Jen, I, I brought up Katie Hobbs, but Arizona, Maricopa County, and uh, Carrie Lake, who was ahead by well over the double digits. I mean, she was ahead by uh, something like 13% uh, in the week prior to the election. And lo and behold, uh, the election went to Katie Hobbs. And guess who was running the whole election program? Katie Hobbs. And she didn't recuse herself. And now Carrie Lake is called a, a, a right-wing extremist because she questions the fact that she lost a 13-point lead in a week uh, uh, to uh, a person now who is rewriting the whole program. And incidentally, Jeff, uh, I'm sure you've done some work with Maricopa County, but the fact that they got rid of a lot of their records that they're required by law to keep for 22 months. Uh, they were gone early in the process and nobody could explain why. That's a, that's a, an excellent point. And, and, and they're not the only ones I would say this too, but uh, it is a, 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 let me tell you why that happens. It's because we have this, this federal 22-month retention that is a very, very important thing. I think it should be longer. I mean, that 22-month that thing was, was an era, a different era, <laughs> okay? Um, and and I, there's no reason now why the digital records could not be kept forever. Frankly. Forever. Mm -hmm. uh, forever. And uh, that that needs to that needs to change. But this twenty two month thing, you know, we consider that part of our like safe harbor. It's like, oh, we have twenty two months if anything happens. Uh, well, uh, if you've looked into it, the, uh, the the punishment for violating that statute federally uh, is maximum one thousand dollar fine and a six month uh, imprisonment. Uh, meaning. Uh, it's never actually been, it's never, to my knowledge, 
has anyone actually ever been brought up on those charges because they're a joke? They'd be pleaded down to, to a small fine and, and uh, no no jail time whatsoever in a heartbeat. So they never, you know, they, they never get uh, uh, done. I mean, this messing with our elections needs to be a felony in every case. Uh, at the very least, a, a felony. So, I mean, look at look at it this way. You're let's say you're Katie Hobbs, and please don't be Katie Hobbs. But it, let's say you're Katie Hobbs. Um, if your choices are uh, going going down the river uh, for being involved in a conspiracy to overthrow the legitimate government of the United States through an election. Or taking the small risk of a thousand dollar fine, what are you going to do? <laughs> it's it's a it's a no brainer. Uh, I can't even blame her. Of course, of course, she's going to order the records to be uh, uh, to be destroyed, and and so are people uh, across the country. Now we have many courageous clerks across the country that I have heard from, uh, not, none of which want to be identified right now, who have defied orders from their secretaries of states to okay. 22 months, got to get rid of that stuff. And uh, I, I saw one, you know, almost heartbreaking thing. It's like, in one case, you know, you can't destroy records that are uh, evidence in an active court case. That's that's a, that's across the board, global thing. But they were saying, oh, don't worry about that. Destroy them anyway. Uh, destroy them if you want to keep your job. Those mm-hmm. sorts of things. And, and we've had clerks that have said, you know what? We're not going to do it. There are too many questions right now. Even ones who don't think that there was a, they think their county was the gold standard of counties. There's enough questions out there, and and people like like Jen and Sophie have helped to get those questions. You know, we've been talking, you know, get that information out there, get that 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 they're like, you know what? I don't want to go down in the history books as the person. <laughs> <laughs> that deleted records that could have uh, could have been important uh, historic, and uh, I, I wish that even more uh, clerks would take their jobs that serious. Well, I do too, and I'm hoping that we get Tina Peters on at some point talking with about uh, with us about her court case and uh, her experience in Mesa County. Um, Jeff, I'm going to ask you and uh, Jen both a question that I think most Americans want to know. Is there really any way to fix this uh, computerized voting system that uh, will guarantee our honest and fair elections uh, in perpetuity. You first, Jen. Oh, no, no. I wanted to hear from you, actually. <laughs> Go ahead, Jeff. Well, I, absolutely. It, it's, as you said earlier, we we need to go back to hand-counted paper ballots, uh, precinct level. Uh, we need to go back to that early voting and uh, mail-in voting. Uh, does not work in terms of having a secure election. We now know that. So if you want to look at it like, you know, all right, we tried it. Terrible things happen. We got to get rid of it. Uh, And and it is the mail-in voting, I think, will be the hardest to get rid of because people put convenience over over freedom (laughs) and safety. 
but it has to be done. We have machines going away in county after county. Uh, and, and, and I was told once, you know, no, no county is going to get rid of these machines. Well, we've had now uh, numerous counties that are starting to get rid of these machines. And, uh, and, 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 and it's going to go fine for them when they go to, to, uh, to hand counted paper. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we need to, uh, every state needs to uh, scrap their current voter rolls and require re-registration you know, of every single person. And uh, this is where, this is where I, I get in a little trouble with some people because there is, in my mind, there is no ultimate solution to this that doesn't have at least a small federal component to it. Meaning the, the, well, the, federal, the our federal government, even though our elections are run by the states, uh, at least the the, uh, uh, the federal elections, you know, the, are, are technically run by the states. The federal government already has its fingers already over the process, and uh, but it has it in the wrong wrong places. You know, there should be standards defined for voter rolls. Uh, states can do what they want, but must meet these particular standards. You know, uh, there, there there cannot be. The system has to prevent more than a person being in the voter roll more than once. <laughs> How's that for a start? Yet every state I look at, they have duplicate, the same person, even the same person voting in two elections. Of course, do I believe that person voted twice? No, of course not. They, they might have voted once and somebody else voted for them the second time. Uh, uh, there, there are going to have to be some, some, some smart uh, guidelines required guidelines uh, for things like that. Uh, you know, I want to see a bill introduced in the House that requires all election information that does not disclose publicly identifiable information as automatically public record. That is something that has to come from our federal government. It has to come from our Congress because states won't do it unless they are forced to. Uh, so to kind of answer your question, yes, we, we can do this. Uh, it's the, the momentum is already headed towards that. Uh, but it's going to take some really smart people doing some really smart things uh, to, to get to get where we need to go. Now, will we get there? I, I think we will, because we're headed for a precipice here you know mm -hmm. we're headed for we're headed for a big time crisis and if we don't deal with it now uh it's gonna have to be dealt with then so mm -hmm. uh i would obviously like to see the uh uh the the calmer solution uh that that, that we're going at but it's going to have to happen one way or the other uh I, I would just rather it not happen as a result to a, a an even worse crisis uh, than worse we're facing now. Mm -hmm. I agree, and and the fact that uh, crack and the the uh, um, military uh, investigation of the uh, elections showed clearly that uh, China, Serbia, uh, Germany. Uh, Italy, uh, Spain, there were other countries where Iran. servers, Iran, and so where servers in those countries were changing votes 
that were happening in the United States. And the fact that every uh, single federal entity is refusing to look at that, even though there's clear evidence that it did happen. If we've got other countries able to flip our elections, uh, we've got a real serious problem. And uh, obviously, we've got a real serious problem. Well, Dan, let me look. We've been flipping theirs for years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, look what happened uh, with uh, Brelisaria in, in Brazil uh, yeah. with, with Lulu uh, and, and the fact that uh, I think that was a CIA operation. I don't think there's any question about it. But uh, um, again, in my little newsletter that I send out, it's a matter of them trying to get rid of all the populace and uh, put you know, Marxists or technocrats in charge of all these countries. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Dennis, Dennis uh, has gone on uh, a record, I believe, as upwards of 10 million votes uh, look like they were, uh, you know, injected or, or, or flipped into that, into that Brazil race. Uh, it, it actually, you know, if, if you look at, again, if you look at the polling that happened down there and you look at the way it happened, that's the, the, there's nothing shocking about that number. It it makes sense. Ah, we have a, a new player enters the game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, and it's interesting because um, one of the things Sophie and I were digging into were, um, you know, several months back were the, the, the Twitter files and the Facebook and all, all the kind of censorship that was happening from, um, the cybersecurity department of our, our country. And there were pages and pages of documentation showing Facebook meta, you know, um, having a very active, not only interest, but role in the Brazilian elections. I mean, they were bragging about how much they had influenced it. And I, we were just astonished at um, how brazen people are getting now with with the corruption. I mean, why is this social media company so actively involved in another country's election? And it's, it's something very interesting about Brazil as well is Brigham Young University here in Utah, BYU, um, back in 2010 developed, uh, again, this is coincidentally and conveniently right before Mitt Romney decides he wants to destroy our state. Um, they develop a, an election department at Brigham Young University, mm. strictly for elections. I've never seen anything like it. If I had to guess, I don't have it in front of me, but maybe 10 to 12 incredible professors, uh, not, not conservative, um, but from some of the top schools across the nation coming out here. And I looked up what their first project was. I was curious. I'm like, what, what is a group of the brilliant minds who are focused on just elections itself. I mean, that's a big staff, in my opinion, for an election process. It's a private university. Uh, they can they can run under the radar a lot more easily. And sure enough, their first um, two papers, I think, studied Brazilian elections and Venezuela. And I thought that was kind of a big red flag to me. I thought, oh, my goodness, why are we studying how to... Uh, look into corrupt elections. You know, I, I don't know. It was alarming to me. I looked at some of the papers and I, as an election integrity activist, I don't think they're going the direction we want them to go. I'll just leave it at that. And when you combine that with the University of Utah, the Hinckley Institute here, and some of the other software and, and uh, 
programs. We have incredible computer programming software here. Utah is a, is a Silicon Valley. Um, they call it Silicon Slopes here, but we are like a little bit of a San Jose has been moved here to Utah with the tech industry. And their rumors, I believe there's starting to be more and more evidence that they have a role in a lot of the programming of what's been going on with those machines for quite a while. So this Brazil thing is, is way closer to home than just the recent election. We've been in a, I don't know if it's a partnership, but we've definitely been running parallel and having our eye on them for a long time. And that is alarming to me. Mm -hmm. Good, not so. Well, um, there was a book written, and I believe I first read it about 1992, maybe 93, but it was called Vote Scam, and it was written by the guy who actually designed the first software that were uh, that was intended to be used in the American voting system, and he testified before the U.S. Senate, don't do this because it's too easy to rig these elections, it's too easy to hack this software and make a difference. And I'm a former county commissioner, and I can tell you in our little county in southwest Montana, I asked the uh, county clerk, uh, because we had a, a software system for our voting, and I asked the question, and I'm going to, Jeff, I want your answer on this. Uh, I asked the clerk, I said, well, what if, you know, we tested a day before, two days before the election, the county commissioners would go over and test the system. And I said to her, well, what if there's a, uh, a, a download in that program that says on the date of the election at midnight, automatically at that point on for a period of uh, 12 or 14 or 24 hours that X number of votes from one candidate to another get flipped. I mean, it's easy to do. It would be very simple. Jeff, uh, I mean, that's a pretty straightforward question on a simple program. Uh, is that possible? Of course it is, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Uh, it's not only possible, I said, if, if you're sure that your source code is never going to be examined that does that, it's uh, it's quite simple. Uh, and anything like that is. And, and it's, the, it's, the, it's the reason that these uh, election systems have to go, because they are black boxes. You know, vote, vote, ballots go in one end and vote counts come out the other end. And we are are, are, are not privileged enough to uh, to know how the process happens in between, although it should be the simplest process in the world. If you look at these uh, many tens or hundreds of thousands of lines of, uh, of source code uh, that, that we know had to go into this these these election system software to do add one to a number and and not and not lose that. Uh, so yes, in, in, entirely. And, and if I if I may, I don't want to um, if I can address something that Jen said, uh, or I, one of you who mentioned Meta. Oh yeah, Jen, Meta, and, and well, Facebook. Uh, I I think it's simple. I I think that uh, when 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 you look at all of the facts, uh, and, and you look at I mean, in our we're investigators here, and when you look at the investigator, the one one of the one of the lines of investigation clearly points to Mark Zuckerberg as being one uh, one of the primary 
uh, architects of of the stolen 2020 election. And and I, I pointed this out in, in 2021. Uh, well, one of the things that, that I did before this was um, I had written some software that uh, analyzes insider trades. Uh, just because it's an insider trade doesn't mean it's illegal. Like, you know, insiders who are actually trading uh, in their own company. And, and what, what jumped out of that, if you look at the, the news articles, you know, uh, it's, it's been reported that, that, that through his uh, Chan Zuckerberg initiative and, and CTCL and all that, that Zuckerberg gave several hundred million dollars towards the election. And everybody said, wow, shocking, you know. Uh, actually, from starting in 2018, uh, Zuckerberg did regular uh, transfers of money out of Facebook to his initiative totaling are you ready for this over almost seven and a half billion dollars over 2018 2019 and 2020 you know when that stopped november 9th 2020 it stopped a week well after. and and jeff and i see that uh it looks like tina's on and we'll we'll uh, catch up with her because i know she's busy lady but um Time Magazine wrote an article, very extensive article, explaining how literally uh, the, the uh, tech industry, guys like Zuckerberg, had uh, managed and really controlled the election that got rid of Donald Trump. They openly talked about it and bragged about it. And matter of fact, Time Magazine, their February, I don't know which uh, date issue, uh, had like a 10-page article about that. So it's not like this is something that they can deny. It was written up, and nobody denied it when they wrote it up. Uh, Tina, I, I want to welcome, welcome you. Uh, Mesa County, uh, previous clerk uh, of Mesa County, Tina Peters. Uh, Tina, I know you went through uh, quite an experience. You just had a... Uh, a trial that you had a, uh, uh, a uh, um, uh, I guess, a verdict on on Friday. And I want to give you a chance to kind of talk about your experience and how you got into this whole mess and, uh, and explain that you were trying to have open and fair elections in Colorado in Mesa County. Anyway, go ahead, please. You, you bet, Dan. Thank you for having me on. I apologize. I'm traveling today. I'm also running as a last-ditch effort to save Colorado as the Colorado GOP chair. Um, and so it is, you know, I never give up. I never back down. And that's one of the reasons that, um, that Jenna Griswold had a judge remove me from office because I said, and Jenna Griswold is the the illegitimate secretary of state, I might add. But um, when I said that I would not renounce, repudiate, and recant what I said on Facebook Live, uh, that these election machines need to be more transparent to the people. And it was a long memorandum uh, of egregious things that she wanted me to um, agree to. When I would not sign that, which she knew I wouldn't, she took it to a judge and said, see, she's going to break the law again. Well, the again and the and the judge removed me from office. The only 
way you can remove an elected official from office is by a recall of the people who elected them. Another elected official cannot remove an elected official. So the, the, um, the lawfare and the lawlessness is just rampant, rampant in Colorado. But the reason it is, is because these people have been selected, not elected. So for people that haven't seen selection code, and I, I, I find so many people still have, has, haven't seen that movie at selectioncode.com where it outlines and uh, Jeff's on there and others, um, it outlines how they actually, it appears, to, well, the machines appear to be flipping votes. And I can tell you, just going forward with, uh, with when I was running for Secretary of State, how, I mean, we were watching in real time, right, Jeff? We we're watching them transfer votes. I think it was 900, if I'm not mistaken, votes to me. And when we called them out on it, because the uh, election uh, workers had gone home at 10, Dan, and this happened mm -hmm. at 1130 at night. And when we pointed the finger at this, it happened. They immediately then to make matters more, uh, more obvious, they uh, put them back over to Pam Anderson. And to your point about uh, CTCL and Mark Zuckerberg. So the fix was in before I decided to run for Secretary of State. And that's the reason I did uh, run for Secretary of State, because I said, I'm the only person that can fix this. And so they had Pam Anderson, and uh, who is the secretary, and and was one of the five directors, along with Tiana Epps Johnson. Anybody that knows about Tiana Epps Johnson knows that she served on a fellowship with Obama for two years and very much, uh, very much a criminal and everybody involved with Center for Tech and Civic Life. So she put, once I outed her, she said that she was, they had her put or they put on the website on temporary leave. Well, that woman and then the other person did nothing to, after she so-called won the election, uh, she was selected. And the other gentleman who was supposed to be a spoiler, so it would be a three-way race, was a man who is on our very, li very, very radically liberal attorney general, Phil Weiser. He's on his loan board. And you know all that's going on with loans and things like that. I won't even go into that right now. But um, it's obvious that the fix is in. We're on to them. And they're just blatantly uh, i mean they they don't they don't abide by laws i want to tell you this so i went to the capitol and was opposing a bill I, i'm sorry i was voting for a bill or asking the legislature who have also been selected uh, there's eight democrats and three uh, republicans asking them the bill was asking them to remove the wireless devices from the voting machines. Well, according to law, there cannot be wireless devices in the voting machines. For years, I had been told they were air-gapped. There's no way they could connect to the internet. They did not have the capability. And by law, that is, that is what they're not supposed to have that capability. And here mm -hmm. we are in a 
in a court in, in a legislation um, hearing where we're asking them to pass a bill to take them out. And there was a woman from that uh, has a, um, a, 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 a that's from Brazil and she has a, a co uh, um, uh, uh, nationality or however you call that with Brazil. Dual citizenship. And, uh, mm -hmm. Sorry. Dual citizenship. Uh, yeah. Dual mm -hmm. citizenship. Thank you. And mm -hmm. so she is literally mopping the tears from her face, crying, pushing her glasses up to, to wipe the tears, talking about the, the, the hell that her family in Brazil is going through and how she's trying to get them help and money and things like that because of these voting machines and these I mean, I could lose a few few pounds myself, so I'm not I'm not disparaging people that that have you know a few extra pounds. But here's these, I, 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 the impression that I got from these Democrats, lazy Democrats sitting up there that couldn't care less. They're eating. They they left the room at one point and went and got food, brought it back. They're sitting up there eating um, while she is tearfully making her plea, and then they. Uh, went ahead and voted it down. I mean, it, it, they're, they're, they break laws with no, um, you know, with, I mean, it's incredible to watch what they're doing. So, um, so the way that, for those that don't know, the way that I uh, became involved in this and the, and the why for me continuing to you know, there's, there's a saying that you can't unsee what you've seen, right? I was, I believed in the election. I believed that it was what they touted, uh, the gold standard, and that all, I've been told all across the country, people just, you know, they want to know um, about our election processes in Colorado, that we're the gold standard, and they wanted to emulate us. And what I found out and it, and it wasn't the 2020 election. It's what I found out after the 2016 municipal election. And you know if they're cheating in school board elections and municipal elections, how far they've come. Mm -hmm. And when I pulled the results, I was the county clerk and recorder. When I pulled the results that night, I said at 7 p.m., I said, there's no way that these progressives that nobody knew could win over these wonderful, hardworking. I mean, these people had campaigned the uh, hard and the turnout was massive for these candidates. And that, that night when I pulled that, I said, there's no way I got a, a, a just a awful feeling in the pit of my stomach. And, uh, and people had been coming to me asking me and I kept defending these, um, these elections and I was wrong. And so I just encourage everybody out there, you know, go to your county clerk and recorders, go to your election supervisors, whatever they're called in your in your state, in your county, and and present the evidence of Mesa County Report One, Two, and Three. And you can find those on my website, TinaPetersForColorado.com, and they're on other places as well. But take it to them, learn about this, um, listen to what Jeff and, and Jen and the others are saying and do your own research, but don't stay stuck in the research. It's really important mm -hmm. that people aren't just absorbers of 
information that they get out and do something. So my job now is to build an army of people that are awakened, not woke, awakened to what is going on to take our country away. The, the hour is late and mm -hmm. we have to build, keep building the army. Um, so, and the Eric, you just saw that three other states have voted to remove the electronic registration information center. And that is David Becker and the crew that want to um, harvest your information, whether it's through motor vehicle or, uh, or other ways and use it to cheat these elections. And also I will say too, that the woman I talked about that was supposedly the Republican uh, primary candidate against me, she is also a member of CEIR, C -E -I -R, which is another David Becker uh, organization. So what they've done, and there's a book called um, uh, The Blueprint, how they stole uh, the elections in Colorado or how they stole Colorado, and it applies to other states. Um, in The Blueprint, it talks about how they didn't just focus on the Democrat Party, they set up NGOs, and we can see that through Zuckerberg and all these organizations mm -hmm. where they set up these uh, these non-governmental entities, organizations, and these nonprofits, and their sole uh, their sole purpose is to subvert our elections, subvert our our way of life, and to uh, to and, and have us pay for it as nonprofit organizations. So I can answer some questions. I'm going to get back on the road, so I may lose my signal. So I wanted to uh, just share uh, a few of those things. But yes, they are coming after me. Uh, one more thing, because you asked about my trials. They are coming after me hard. They indicted me, threw me in jail. I have seven felonies and three misdemeanors that I'll go before a, uh, a, a um, jury of 12. There is no way they're going to be able to convince, uh, uh, convince a jury of 12 that I stole someone's identity, that I influenced public servants. I mean, they actually influenced me by telling me they were coming in to do an upgrade on the system. So I did a before and after image after that uh, April 6th election on the server. And when they compared the two images of the election management server, the Dominion uh, server, they found that 29,000 election records had been deleted or overwritten. 29,000, it's against the law. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. And there were 36 mm -hmm. wireless devices. And that. And then in report number three, if, if um, Jeff hasn't delved into that already, uh, and he can get more specific on it, they, it showed how they created another database, kind of like a bookie having two sets of books. But I'll... I'll hang out here for a second. I pulled on the side of the road so I didn't lose signal in case you have a, a question. And I apologize. I'll be in and out of signal as I drive. Well, I'm, I'm just glad you would join us. But uh, just so you know, Tina, I lived in Colorado for 25 years, had a, a business in Golden, Colorado, uh, and lived there for 25 years. And I watched the state of Colorado get flipped. Uh, it, it used to be a very, very good, uh, solid, uh, I would call it a, a moderately conservative state. And uh, now it's just uh, bananas. I, I, you couldn't pay me enough money to move back to Colorado. Um, I, I like right. Montana just fine. 
So anyway. <laughs> well, I'll tell you the, uh, and you're so right. And reading, I don't know if you've ever read the blueprint, but that talks a lot about how it, how it happened and Rocky mountain heist. The, uh, you can find that, I believe on YouTube, the, the, uh, the video on how they did it. And it's a blueprint for what they're, what they've done in other States. Cause you know, the, the headquarters for dominion is here in, in Denver, Colorado. And, um, so they, and the, and the, uh, the reason I'm running for GOP chair is to get rid of the, they have the same attorney firm, same law firm for the Colorado GOP as the, uh, as dominion voting system, the lobbyists there mm-hmm. same, same. I mean, out of all the attorney firms in the state of Colorado, it, it's no coincidence they have the, uh, so even the, even the, even people within, I'm not saying the GOP, I'm not saying Republicans, but I'm saying the people within the mm-hmm. party are fighting against us and um, are beholden to these criminals. Oh, well, one more thing. I just thought about what you just asked me. So yes, I did go to trial this week, uh, this past week, and they, uh, it was a jury of six, they, they didn't have enough information when the FBI raided my home on November 6, 2021, in the home of three others fishing for, for information uh, to, uh, to bring charges against me. So they'd left out an iPad. So they had to figure out a way to get the iPad. So they accused me of recording a proceeding while I was sitting in the, a live proceeding, mind you. Anybody on the WebEx could have recorded it. Um, a live proceeding while I was sitting in the gallery um, at one of my, uh, uh, one of the charges they had brought against my, uh, my chief deputy, who is the clerk in my stead, if I'm not there, they accused me of that. And then they saw the iPad on me a, a day or so later, they descended upon a coffee shop, handcuffed me. I find out during the trial that they meant to handcuff another guy, um, to restrain him, but they handcuffed me, caused injuries to my, my wrist. Um, so the, the jury did, uh, to get that iPad, they had a search warrant to get that iPad that they got while they delayed a commissioner's meeting in after, after I was there and in, in the commissioner's meeting speaking and with other supporters, they saw that I had the iPad in my purse detained or, 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 um, delayed the commissioner's hearing to go get, and we know this because the, 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 uh, the, uh, search warrant was uh, time stamped at 948. The commissioner's hearing started at 9 a.m. Until they could get this warrant, then followed me a block away with five other uh, supporters to a coffee shop and there proceeded to handcuff me, throw me in the police car. And then the next day I was I was in jail for 30 hours. Um, it, you know, they they just didn't have enough. They just wanted to get more. And when you tell the truth and you don't back down, I guess they don't know what to do with you. So um, I was I was acquitted on the uh, obstruction of a police officer. And I was found guilty on obstruction of government regulations or government. Yeah, government. Um, obstruction of government operations. So, you know, I think a lot of people, a lot of people have been calling me and saying, that's a badge of honor because right now this government's so 
corrupt. We need to obstruct their operations. Um, but we'll, uh, you know, it's, it's basically a fine. So it's not a big deal. And, um, but that's, that's the links they'll go to. Um, but you oh, can't yeah. be afraid, right, Dan? <laughs> well, you, you're, uh, you're right on with everything because um, I've been working with uh, 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 David Sumrall of the, uh, the group that's been trying to expose what happened on January 6th at the Capitol. He's got like 14,000 hours of footage that they've gone through. And uh, incidentally, there's a book you might want to pick it up. It's called... Uh, the American Gulag Chronicles, and it's about the January 6th uh, prisoners that are sitting now in jails. Uh, most of them did absolutely nothing, but they're being imprisoned, uh, and they have been, some of them, for up to two years. And um, it, it's just an amazing story. Uh, uh, some of them have been 30-year uh, U.S. military special operations veterans and things like that. Uh, I'm telling you, this is so out of control, it's unbelievable. And thank you for uh, being willing to stand up and do the right thing. You bet, you bet. And you're right, Dan, we have got to, it's my duty. I tell people it's my duty. I didn't raise the Navy SEAL for nothing. You know, and when you lose a, a Navy SEAL son, precious son at 27 and you're a cancer survivor there's not much else they can do to you you know um but these people that are in the gulag cannot be forgotten i have i have friends that help support them and um so i'm and i've i've you know been able to get messages to them and talk to them and be on there's a recording that's on every night you probably know that uh at 7 p.m uh, from seven to nine, where you actually get to hear them. We cannot forget them. Uh, and we have to keep raising uh, awareness. You know, Michael Flynn told me when all this started, he said, Tina, and I was with Jen actually at We the uh, uh, a weekend uh, conference in Utah. And he told me, he said, he said, Tina, the safest you will be is, is if you are vocal and visible. You know, and that's what I tell people. You can't hide behind your doors. You cannot be quiet and be led away to the slaughter like the like the Jewish people were. You have to get out. You have to to talk to your county officials. You have to inform people and get them this information today. Today, it's you know, like Mike Lindell says: if you're waiting for it to rain, it's pouring outside. So everybody can do something. They can't get us all. Thank you for talking about That's the J6. Right. That's right. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a matter of, uh, honestly, if 10% of the people in this country would grow a backbone and just stand up, the people we're up against are very, very few, and they're very cowardly. And the reason they've gotten away with what they've gotten away with is because so many people have been intimidated into believing that they're as powerful as they claim to be. In fact, is they're very wealthy, but they are not uh, powerful if we stand up and make our voices heard. That is so true, Dan. You know, it reminds me, I was on an air, well, when I was speaking at the Constitution, Constitutional Sheriff and Peace Officers Association Conference in Las Vegas, and um, the, the, they put a $500,000 cash bond on me we got it we got it lowered i mean even 
This is the same DA that let a guy with 26 pounds of fentanyl go on, on probation. I mean, Merrick Garland's mm -hmm. been involved in this against me since the very beginning. But I was there speaking, and I guess they didn't like what I said, so they revoked my bond. I'm on, uh, and, and so I had to immediately fly home instead of my, my other plans that I had. They were a lot better. Um, fly back to, to Denver, stay in my, uh, so I'm, I'm on the plane. I'm texting Mark Fincham and I'm saying, Mark, you know, I, I, I got uh, the internet and I'm t uh, texting Mark Fincham. He says, find somebody that looks like a patriot by you and just ask him if they can film this because I was expecting, you know, armed officers to be meeting me at the plane when I got off. Luckily, I had changed my plane instead of flying back to Grand Junction. I, got, I was getting off in Denver to meet with my, so I don't know what was happening in, in Grand Junction, but as I was, at, so on the plane, I asked this gentleman who was talking about how Trump had, you know, they'd stolen the election from me. And I thought, this is my guy. This is my guy. I got to get him to help me. And I told him, you know, a little bit about what's going on. And I said, you know, would you please do me a favor? You can take my phone or take my, my things. You know, I found out what he told me, what gate he was at and all this stuff and just film them if they do this. And uh, so I have the evidence. I, we get up, we land in Denver, get ready to leave. He walks past me and says, good luck. And I was floored. I thought, oh my gosh, I've got bigger cojones than this man. You know, mm -hmm. men need to take back the the emasculation that this um that the media and the the hollywood and everybody else has done and grow some mm -hmm. because i'm thinking i'm a woman i'm a i'm 110 but well a little bit more than that now but <laughs> five foot six woman 67 years old and this man young man says oh well good luck mm -hmm. stand up people stand yeah. up please yeah, exactly and and and, uh, as, you know, what we're facing right now is, is literally slavery. So what are our options? We either believe in uh, the United States of America as a constitutional republic or we don't. And all these gutless people are going to be swept by the wayside. And believe me, their ultimate goal is to eliminate 93% of the world's population. That means that they're going to get rid of roughly almost 7 billion people. Do you think you're really going to be one of those they're going to save if you're just some gutless sheep? It's not going to happen. You need to stand up. Absolutely. And I agree. I, Jen um, and, and Sophie and people like you, uh, you know, men need to, as you say, grow up here because it's it's to the point now where a lot of the women are the ones uh, leading the charge to save our country. And that's kind of pathetic. That really is kind of pathetic. Yeah. Anyway. And look what they've done to our men, putting them in the gulag. You know, uh, mm -hmm. don't be afraid. Stand up. Make noise. You know, people should be at, at every capital. They should be contacting their legislators saying, do something. You know, you people in Washington that are represent, representing us, do something. Get these people out of there. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Gets me riled well, up. Well, thank you for joining us. And uh, uh, let, let's um, uh, please stay in touch uh, through Jen, because 
I'd like to uh, have another dialogue with you down the road as things uh, proceed a little bit further down the path. And uh, I'd like to stay in touch. So thank you. Yes, I love those ladies. They're so good. They're standing up and being so strong. And um, I appreciate you all that are doing what you're doing, Jen and Sophie and Jeff and you, Dan, and Mm -hmm. um, all the Patriots standing up. God bless you. We love you. We love you, Tina. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'll stay on, but I'll be in and out. (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much. Um, Jeff, you've been uh, very, very involved in uh, this process. You mentioned Dennis Montgomery, the the fact that you've been working with Dennis. Let's talk about uh, Scorecard, the program that uh, really it was designed by the, the, the CIA to be able to influence foreign elections. Now, we listened to this crap, and it turned out it was mostly crap uh, about how Russia stole the election for Trump. Um, and, you know, then it ended up uh, being totally disproven. And the whole thing is just kind of a farce. But our own government has been influencing elections around the world for the last 15 or 20 years. Uh, Maybe if you wouldn't mind, talk about some of the information that you've been able to glean in all your work with uh, Dennis Montgomery. You'll need to unmute yourself. What I can say uh, about that is that, uh, yes, uh, we have been uh, messing in particularly, you know, largely South American and and Central American elections for actually maybe 30 years might be a better uh, Mm -hmm. uh, number on that, but uh, in earnest, uh, the uh, software that that got developed uh, that, that got hijacked, I will say, from what uh, from what Dennis wrote, really came into uh, into vogue in the, in the mid two thousands. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it it gives them the the, the godlike power to mess with whatever uh, whatever election they want to, uh, and and they have. Uh, I really don't <laughs> not much else to say about it other than that. Uh, and I think that is one of the reasons that they are uh, fighting so hard uh, to prevent the general release of this of this data, of this information uh, is because I mean I don't I don't think it's uh, hyperbolic to say this is how wars get started. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I, I mean, you know, I think that most of the people listening here would say that that you know uh, if if China was involved uh, even even in a small way uh, in the in the fraud of, of one of our elections, you know, in, in 2020, for instance, that is an act of war. I've heard people say that, and and I and I actually agree with it. Uh, so what is it when we <laughs> what is it when we do it to other people? Uh, is that uh, something different? No, uh, it isn't. Uh, and that, that's why you have to really, you know, kind of look at this is not a, this is not a, uh, a, a, a simple uh, 
one side versus another side question here. Uh, this 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 is a continuation uh, of of discussions that have been going on in this country as far as what our intelligence agencies are doing, what they are supposed to be doing, uh, what oversight there is over them, and that's a critical critical point. Uh, we have lost oversight uh, into into these uh, intelligence agencies. Uh, and at that point, when you lose oversight, your agency is only as good as whatever people happen to be running it. Uh, and of course, we know how that went when you get when you when you're talking about people like John Brennan mm -hmm. uh, being able to dictate our national intelligence policy, which which happened. Um, and that's when a lot of this stuff went completely off the rails. It's it's not conjecture at this point. It's truth. It's fact. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and and you know, is one one thing that when when I had the opportunity uh, was was introduced to Dennis and was was basically uh, I, I was tasked with looking at what he had and and kind of doing a, an independent validation of. It. Uh, which I did. What I didn't expect was to come out of it with a, a new friend, uh, which which I I, I did. Uh, he's uh, actually a tremendous patriot, Dennis uh, Montgomery is. Uh, he has been. He has barely survived attempts to destroy him, in pretty much any possible way that you can define that. Uh, since uh, late 2000s, or especially ramping up in the in the, in the 2010s, uh, when when they realized that he wanted to, you know, be a whistleblower whenever he wanted to come forward with this information, uh, they pulled out uh, all the stops they could to discredit him, which is always what they do first. First, they they discredit you. If they can't discredit you, they threaten you. And he's gotten through that particular part because he does not a person that you want to threaten. Uh, and then after that, uh, they kill you. And uh, I, 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 he, he has, he has uh, taken uh, whatever steps he can take to prevent them from doing that, which is, I think, the only reason why uh, they haven't, frankly, to this point. Because, uh, but... Can I get back when, when I when I saw what actually he had? Because all, all I had heard up until that point was these, frankly, at that point, to me, dubious claims that that, that he had evidence of the election, you know, being uh, the assistance being be, be accurate, being intruded on by China, mm -hmm. and and you know, I, I'm not I'm not saying what they did or didn't do. Uh, that isn't the issue. The issue is that they intruded uh, into our um, election systems, at a, at, especially at a state level uh, and, and, and county level. But what I soon learned was this is so much more than elections. This is so much more than the 2020 election. The 2020 election may be the, may be the best way to get it all to light because that has most people 
uh, in this country very, very interested uh, in, in, in what actually happened. But, but this is this is more than this. This is this is a another a very concrete example of our own personal freedoms being completely uh, trampled upon, and 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 being done so at a uh, at a scope that, that that just wasn't possible before. Uh, and and you know it it kind of reminds me when we're talking about the whole switching to paper ballots, you know, hand counted. Uh, often I hear from people, well, you know, there was still cheating when we had paper ballots. Yeah, there were. You got, yeah, cheating, one one, uh, one ballot at a time, cheating. Uh, mm-hmm. As opposed to uh, these election computers that you can cheat 10,000, 100,000 ballots at a time. Uh, and, and it's, and, and, and there's no trail to, you know, to, to, to prove, uh, you know, in most cases what they did. Uh, whereas when you have paper, you have a paper trail. That's the term paper trail. Um, and, and that is what, that is what we're lacking now. Well, just like that, this, this, the situation, uh, that, that we're in now, you know, did, were, were we spied on in the eighties and nineties? Sure. But, it wasn't until the kind of technology that uh, that that Dennis, you know, as a patriot, Dennis to, to try to to try to uh, defeat our enemies uh, at the time, and it got turned back against us. Uh, suddenly, uh, they do have the ability to zero down to zero in on any one of us uh, in, in in a fairly fairly easy manner, uh, which. It's it has to come to light regardless of the consequences because it's not going to get better. We can't we can't just sit around and hope that well we'll get some good people in charge of this technology. That's that's the same thing as saying well okay we'll keep the we'll keep the election management service we'll just make sure there's good people running. Uh, I hear, you know, that, no, that is not going to work because of the very, na- unfortunately, the nature of human beings does not, uh, no, <laughs> sorry, that's not going to work. And it's the same thing. This, this, uh, the hammer and scorecard, hammer, it needs to be, it needs to be exposed. It needs to be exposed in a way that everyone can understand it uh, very simply and very easily. Uh and at the very least, the people who use that against us or using it against us need to be exposed uh, to make sure that uh, they never get a chance to do anything like this again. My opinion. Absolutely. Yeah, I well, <laughs> to follow up on what uh, Tina said earlier, you know, people need to grow a backbone. Uh, there, there's a really funny saying Americans need to replace their wishbones with backbones. Uh, we've got to quit thinking of what we wish would happen, and we better start making it happen. Uh, Jen, you, you wanted to say something. Oh, I, I was just agreeing with everything that Jeff has said. And um, one thing that I, I find very interesting that kind of hits home closer to Utah is back in 2006, we had a gentleman uh, just like a Tina Peters, he actually, I call him, you know, the, the t- 2006 
16 of Peters, who was a county clerk here in this tiny little county, Emory County, Utah. I mean, I live here and I had to look up where it was. Small town, but they had gotten, this is, you know, right after the HAVA Act, where the machines were starting to come out and Utah had worked uh, very closely with Diebold at the time to, to get machines in. He gets the machine, just like Tina, he starts asking some questions. He notices that the hard drives on all of his machines don't have the same amount of free space. They were sold as new machines. So this kind of perplexed him. He tried to do everything he could to, to find the answers and ended up sending it to Harry Hursty uh, through Black Box Voting, Bev Harris's organization. They look into the machine. And again, this is 2006, 17 years ago, we were going through this exact same scenario. They look at the machines, find three different levels of passwords, all of them Chinese names. Wow. Wow, yes. And if, in fact, Bruce gave me, he's still alive, he's 80 years old right now. He gave me, it's the coolest thing, one of the machine parts that they would use. And you, it looks like a credit card, you know, the kind that you would just slide a card in. It's, it's small, rectangular. And they would were able technically to slide this into the machine. It was able to have software on it. And it's been shown the, the vulnerability of being able to change every vote thereafter after somebody slides this key in. Anyway, he came up with a report of, oh, my gosh, dozens and dozens of vulnerabilities. Again, in 2006, we're talking. Um, the New York Times called it the nuclear explosion of elections with what he had found. And he ends up getting fired. Hmm. He gets fired. He gets censored. There are no documents available. I have done public records requests. Thank goodness he gave me his archive of – he printed out every email. He, he saved everything. I've spent countless weeks of scanning all that in to organize. But the point being, this isn't a 2020 problem. This is a long-term plan, like you talked about, from the 80s, from the 90s, from the year 2000. We started seeing, I think, with HAVA, the Hanging Chads was the first time that they actually codified, you know, legally the right to get private companies involved in our elections. And, and how do you go any direction but downward from that moment? And that's what we've done. These NGOs that are running everything, what Jeff was talking about earlier uh, with the Zuckerbucks and the trillions of dollars, I found that fascinating. Um, it was exciting last week that Georgia Senate passed a bill to close loopholes into private funding into their elections. I, if people wonder what they can do, hit this at a state level, hit it at a county level, make private, the privatized companies should have no place in our elections whatsoever. Um, these kinds of funding should not be allowed. Um, again, paper ballots, all that type of thing. But I, I found it alarming Again, that for 17 years at least, we've had these people saying the machines are the problems, and we're not really aware of how long this fight has really been been going on. I'm glad it's gaining momentum, but I it's, we still don't have the solution in place. Even though you know it's we we know what the solution needs to be, we're getting closer to it. But that just proves to me that this will not go away on its own unless the people stand up and really, really do something at a local level. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, as I said, the, the book Vote Scam is the first time I really paid attention to uh, the computerized voting. And that was 30 years ago. 
that that guy uh, testified before the Senate. Um, and 30 years ago, they had the problem. So obviously, it hasn't gotten any better. Uh, Jeff, um, simple is best. And I, I, I want to go back with the idea, every time we complicate things, every time we get further and further away from just basic election integrity, again, paper ballots, precinct level, counted by hand, all the things, every time we get away from the simple is better solution, we run into the same problems. That's why they don't want us to make the process simple because they get away with this stuff because it's very complicated. And, um, you know, we'll look at uh, the movie 2000 Mules, uh, Zuckerberg. Different NGOs were the ones that were right in the middle of this vote harvesting program. They were there, they were doing it. And yet, look what they've tried to do. They've tried, they, basically, they've tried to kill the messenger for exposing this kind of stuff. We've got to be willing to do that. Jeff? Yes, you're, you're, you're absolutely right on that. Um, we, we can't expect them to self-police uh, at all. Uh, I, I like that you brought up you know, the 2,000 mules thing. Uh, it, uh, in, in, in my opinion, 2000 mules was a very, uh, narrow view of the problem. Uh, if, if, if anything, uh, and, and no, uh, uh, disrespect attention to it, it was a great, absolutely great thing. Um, but my fear is always people are going to think that that that, that defines the whole the, the, yeah. the whole mail-in thing that happened throughout the country. Uh, that was one uh, very well-defined sliver of what happened of, of a, I think an even much larger operation uh, that that went on uh, around the country. So, uh, you know, I, I I agree with you. It, it's it, it, as far as you know complexity. Uh, you 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 couldn't be more right. There there are certain things that uh, uh, you know where where you know complicated is okay. Um, you, you know it's it's nice that we have you know our, our cars today are safer because of more complicated uh, uh, manufacturing and things like that. But the more complicated you get, as, as you said, the less easy for the regular person to understand uh, is. I think we've all had a moment, whether it's been us or our, our fathers or whatever. The first time we had a look into an engine of a car with one of the one of the, the newer model cars, and the look of utter bafflement on the face because you know when they grew up in times when you could look into an engine, okay, there's that 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 replace this, put this in, then check that we're all done, and and, and now you look into the. Uh, uh, you know, I suspect it's like looking into one of the panels of the space shuttle. Uh, some of these in, in some of these newer cars, uh, looking at them, uh, it's it's that way uh, for this. But this is absolutely too critical. Our our <laughs> uh, our vote is the break glass in case of emergency uh, of our entire country of our entire republic. And if you can't break that class anymore, 
<laughs> or if they just took the whole box off the wall, which is more than the case, uh, then we have no way of protecting any of our rights, any any of the of, of our of our constitutional rights uh, anymore. And I know I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not telling you anything you don't already know, and we haven't already discussed here, but. The problem is is severe. It's not going to go away on its own. That much mm -hmm. is absolutely certain. Well, um, you have an inside track to this thing that a very few people have. Um, talk about maybe some of the more enlightening exposés from a technical standpoint, um, and and you can do it in a general way, but. Um, you know, give give people an idea of how total and complex this is. Like you said, 2,000 mules, I agree. That was a very, very brave effort to expose a very small part of the overall problem. And look at how they treated the people that uh, did that expose. So you please uh, tell tell our viewers and our listeners how you see and in, in, uh, how these complex things, what some of them are. Well, uh, in, in terms of the elections, uh, I assume kind of we were talking about, uh, you know, in, in terms of the elections, you know, it, when I say it's kind of a comprehensive thing, uh, I, I mean it. it. It starts with the voter rolls because you need you need you need voters. <laughs> if you're going to make up votes, you need voters. Uh, and so we have a a, a national disgrace uh, of voter rolls, in which they are not properly maintained. Uh, they can be easily changed. Eric, as you talked about, uh, and other uh, other NGOs enable the. Uh, third parties to run rampant over it. And the point is, you know, in, in here, here's here's a good example. In uh in in many counties that are states that I've seen across the country, uh they they do use the very simple see they when, when somebody moves out of the state or dies or whatever, they don't actually delete their record from the voter rolls. They're just there and they're marked inactive. Uh well what do you know? These people end up getting reactivated before elections and then reactivated after the elections. Uh, and and one thing that one of the tricks that they love to use, uh, and I know because I've seen it almost everywhere, is that you got a woman, uh, she registers to vote, and then she gets married, changes her name. Well, guess what? She's got to uh, change her registration, so she ends up in that state with one registration of her maiden name that's inactive and one registration for her married name, which is active. And then, what do you know? Both of them vote. Mm -hmm. uh, that, is, uh, that, that is one of the common tricks that, uh, that, they, that they use. So from then, you know, you got your extra votes, then you need a way to get things in. And that was why they, had, you know, they used the whole COVID thing to push uh, more mail-in votes, because uh, why mail-in votes? Well, Election day votes are difficult to, or are more difficult to fake because two things. First of all, precincts have this nasty habit of marking down how many people walk in and out of the building. And secondly, when you 
when you do it that way, it's pretty much obvious. Like, uh, you know, in, in the past, you've always seen counties where suddenly you've got you know, 20,000 votes or 100,000 votes come out of nowhere uh, in, in that way. Uh, so that's obvious. But you got these suddenly, you got these mainland votes. Nobody has to see who's voting. There's no personal interaction. Uh, all they have to do is put them in. It was the perfect, absolutely perfect vehicle for this. But to do this, then you need the computers because once again, you don't want, uh, you might, let's say you have 10,000 fake uh, uh, absentee mail-in votes uh, that you uh, want to interject in this, inject into the system. Well, uh, again, you don't want something that looks obvious. So what you've got the, the, the election computers are smoothing it out as things are getting added in. So they're smoothing the curves. But in smoothing the curves, they actually created the, the uh, uh, impossible curves that I have found all over the country. So it's, it's really, they, they, didn't quite, uh, they, they didn't quite entirely work out for them, but that is what they intended to do in Mesa County. Uh, I'm convinced you had maybe about 5,500 fake mail-ins. And then uh, once they had counted up to about 20, 25,000, about a quarter of the election, uh, something inside the machine woke up and said, holy cow, there's been too many Trump votes and Republican votes here. We're not going to be able to get where we want to go. So they, as, as Tina said, they created a second set of databases. By they, I mean the computer, the, the, the clerks, and I had no idea what's going on. The mm -hmm. software in there goes and creates another uh, set of books and reprocesses the, the votes that had happened to that point. And when you look at, uh, you know, in this extremely red county uh, uh, in 2016, it was, uh, it, it's about 68, 30, um, you know, 70, 30 county for, for red Republicans. And that was what it was in 2016, for instance. And, and it was, well, uh, when you look at the votes that were reprocessed, they are like uh, they are fifty one percent Trump, and then after that processing, they're sixty eight percent Trump. <laughs> okay, so when we saw that a they were reprocessed, b they do not match in any way or form the uh, the rest of the votes that came or balance that came after that. Then then you know what they did. So. I, I say this to try to answer your question in that, you know, those are the things that we are seeing. And these are the things that we're actually being able to prove uh, due to the things like the cast vote records and uh, uh, the machines we've been able to, to look into. Uh, and, and, you know, did they cheat every county? No, they didn't. Just most, very, almost, just almost all the counties. Uh, and, and in Colorado, uh, I talk about this, this this Mesa pattern, meaning does it match what happened in Mesa? Uh, Colorado has 68 counties. 43 of those counties match that Mesa pattern. And you can actually take the midpoint of the election, uh, multiply it by a number, and get to the what the end point of that election was in those 43 counties within, you know, uh, a, a, a very a couple percent, uh, which is not, that's not possible. You don't have people. You don't have people in Denver uh, voting in the same pattern as you have people in Larimer County. Mm -hmm. Yet, according to this, they uh, their pattern of voting was entirely the same. Uh, and 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 then when you see that happen in Nevada and California and everywhere, 
jersey everywhere and all these kind of things. So I think those are more the some of the more interesting things because these are these aren't conjectures. These aren't requiring a lot of statistical knowledge or uh, uh, six level polynomial equations. Uh, this is just first of all you can see it with your eyes. And secondly, you can just do a you can get a simple calculator multiplied by one point two. It's like holy cow! <laughs> that, was, that was the same. That was the, it, it's the same. So uh, uh, I think we know perfectly well why why Utah doesn't want their Castle records put out because I have I I have very strong reason to believe that they would uh, also follow that Mesa pattern based on some little bit of information that I've seen. So, That's amazing. Okay, go get him, Jen. Go get him, Jen. Yeah, get him. go get him, Jen. Yeah. Listen, we're we're almost out of time. I I told Jen. She says that's two hours. This is too long. It's going to be tough. I said, <laughs> no, it's not. Trust me. Well, we'll once we'll I got Jeff O'Connell on board, I was like, if we get Jeff, we could do this. You're saying I'm long-winded, Jen, because you're right. But I just wonder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying you're brilliant and entertaining. That's all. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. New fan here, uh, Jeff. New fan. I'll uh, I'll get uh, in touch with you through Jen as well because I'd like to stay in touch. Anytime. Okay, uh, Jen. Dan? First of all, I want to okay. give you a chance to talk about the two red pills and uh, some of the other podcasts and things that you're doing. Yeah. Um... We, again, I want to send everybody, if they have, want to look us up, tworedpills.org, it's, it's spelled out T-W-O. Um, look us up on Rumble. Go to the very first video we ever posted. It is the one with Jeff O'Donnell. It is my favorite. Um, people watch that like many times. It is so good to get a good grasp on where we are. And again, he's saying the patterns he's finding in Utah are applicable to other states and vice versa. Um, look up that video where the lone raccoon... Um, presents the data there's also one uh kicks the beehive something like that the kicks the beehive state that's right thank you jeff <laughs> <laughs> and there's also one uh not too long afterward we did with tina peters where we got we went to her house and did an inside it's a touching i mean like you, you might want kleenex her story in depth and i think everybody needs to hear that if they haven't seen it already but so far as what we're working on right now we are again the top priority for me is preserving the data from 2020 we know it's a hand slap but we do have in writing supposedly that they have kept all those records i think they're going to be damning should they ever be able to come out it's a waiting game at this point we're willing to wait as long as possible uh we just need to make sure they're not preserved i'm also fighting several battles right now with governor cox's office he is the um liberal posing as a republican governor the man who ran his own election and won more votes than trump yet we can't find more than 14 people who voted for him in the last two years um this is our governor as I like to say, Cox puts the fairy in nefarious. He is very liberal, very woke. Um, anyway, he is hiding emails from us, the transparency. So one of my biggest fights, so yesterday I spent a couple hours at a hearing against the governor's office for 
I bought 5,800 emails from them about CTCL, CEIR, David Becker, Jeff, can you believe that many they said existed? And after we paid the money for them, uh, 5,400 of those disappeared into thin air. And I'm just holding them to the fire saying, how, where, why? You know, they said, well, well, we'll give you a refund. I'm like, I don't want a refund. I want the emails. So this is going to be a long drawn out, probably in court again. I've, I've got another court case coming up from two years ago still where Salt Lake County has refused to give me emails that the state records Co committee awarded me that show communications between the IT machine director and the Salt Lake County clerk, who, by the way, is the only county in Utah who uses Dominion. We match the pattern in Arizona to a T. We have one county that does Dominion, Salt Lake County, our biggest one, just like Maricopa. The rest are ESNS. And this gentleman, oh, this IT guy, whom the clerk, quote, trusts with her life, which she should because uh, I think felonies and treason mm -hmm. are you know, she would have to trust somebody with your life because it involves your life at that point. Anyway, they are holding that up. They tried to charge me $100,000 for them. I proved it was illegal. The real rate should have been $4,000. I got them awarded to me at no cost through a lot of uh, hearings. And they are, again, suing to prevent me. And that's still in the process as well. But like Tina said, none of us are giving up. These are the, the, If we give up, we give up our freedom. And that is not that's not an option for us. It's not. And, and everybody, I hope, has the same attitude that however long it takes. I mean, Satan's a patient guy. He, he, he's brilliant. He knows how to do this. He'll wait for the moment. And a lot of us get distracted if we don't have a, a win right away or if we're not thinking that Trump's coming back soon enough. We kind of we get distracted. We want our TV shows. We want our shopping. We want our to, you know, to remodel our homes, whatever, whatever it is. But we can't take our eyes off the focus. And Jeff nailed it earlier. It's freedom, C trading convenience for freedom. It's the battle in the preexistence. It's the battle here on Earth today. It will always be the battle. Because Satan's biggest weapon, in my opinion, is that distraction and complacency. We can't take our eyes off the target for even a second because Satan never sleeps. And all these people, they don't. They've got, they're, they're too organized. They're, they've had too much history throughout the history of the world to do this stuff. They've perfected the process. <laughs> but the only way we can really stop this is, I think, um, shining a light on the darkness and blowing open, you know, what they're doing and, and exposing it and it, getting transparency and waking people up. So I appreciate you both and, and Tina as well for all your efforts to do that. It's, it's really our only hope is to expose it. Well, Jen, I have to say, as always, you're a great guest. Um, I look forward to seeing you guys again soon because uh, we've got other red pills coming up. Uh, Jeff, I want to thank you. I, I really enjoyed the conversation and, uh, I'm, I'm going to say that I want to try to get you back on at some point uh, to do an, a further discussion. And I also want to thank Tina, and I look forward to having further discussion with her as well. Uh, thank you all for being our guests. I want to thank our viewers and our listeners for joining us, for connecting the dots, and we'll see you again on Sunday. From the lakes of Minnesota to the hills of Tennessee, across the plains of Texas, oh, from sea to shining sea, from Detroit down to Houston, New York.
York to L.A. Where there's pride in every American heart. And it's time we stand and say. There ain't no doubt I love this land.